Have you ever heard of the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People? Uh, it's a book by Dale Carnegie. It was written in 1936. It definitely falls in the category of self-help books, though. So if that's not your thing, then maybe you haven't heard of it. Uh, but the book is a, a, about exactly what it says. It's about how to win friends and influence people. And it's full of very practical advice. You know, like if, if you want to win friends and have some influence, you ought to smile every once in a while. No one wants to be around you if you're always looking gloomy. Uh, it, it recommends uh, keeping up with your personal hygiene. It says not to be too argumentative. Don't always pick a side. Try to remain somewhat neutral. Follow the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do un unto you. Uh, deflect credit and give credit where where credit is is due. Uh, don't be selfish, but ask other people about themselves. People love when you show interest, so remember their names and little personal details. Uh, now, I, I don't know about you, uh, but sometimes books like this and, and that fall into the self-help category, they can kind of run me the wrong way, right? Because it, it, it feels to me like uh, like it turns all of life into some sort of ploy or pitch that I'm trying to make in order to, to make friends and gain influence, right? And I don't want to live my life that way, thinking through some sort of checklist of things I have to do in order to make the other person like me. And I mean, as you can imagine, if someone were to take that to the extreme, you know, follow every last piece of advice in Carnegie's book, right? It, it would probably be overwhelming. And yet you've probably met people like that, haven't you, who are very obviously trying very hard, maybe even too hard, to be your friend. You can tell that they're just telling you the kinds of things they think you want to hear. They, they maybe laugh a little too hard at your jokes, and you're thinking, I know I'm not even that funny. Or maybe they're smiling just a little too much. It's, it's getting a little creepy. Uh, you can tell that they're trying to remain neutral, and you just want to know where do they stand. You really want to hear their opinion. Uh, you, you've probably met someone like that. The, the truth is, though, this book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, as much as it's giving advice, I think in many ways it's just describing the way our world works, right? It's, it's describing some of the societal expectations that we have, right? If you want to be someone's friend, you, I mean, the truth is that you can't be gloomy all the time. No one's going to want to be your friend. No one's going to want to be friends with someone who's very argumentative or who's selfish and self-centered, who, who never shows interest in anyone else. It's just the way the world works. And, and so while we might not have read the book, and we might not be going through this checklist, right, we are aware of this very complex matrix or, or maze of societal expectations that we live by and that if you want to make friends and if you want to find favor in the eyes of the people around you there are certain expectations that we hold each other to it's just the way the world is at least with our relationships with one another uh, as we're going to see today with god things are a little different when it comes to God, if, if, if you want to win his favor or become his friend, there is not some complex maze or matrix of, of religious expectations that you need to follow. It's, it's not some long checklist of things you need to do in order to gain his favor. No, we're going to see today that God's favor is a gift that is given. And in fact, we're going to see that he turns those societal expectations upside down. So the people that we might think that, that he would be impressed with and show favor to, right? Rich people, powerful people, influential people, even religious people, he doesn't seem to have very much time for. Meanwhile, it's the people we think he would never even notice, the people he would look right through, right? That he values and uplifts and befriends 
and favors. And that is definitely true of Mary. Uh, our reading for today is from uh, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 45. And if you go back and read that, I encourage you to do so. Uh, we, we read a lot about Mary. Well, I think what we read is that Mary is someone we should probably spend some more time talking about as Christians because she's a beautiful example of faith. So much we can learn from her and we'd all be better off if we're a little more like Mary. Uh, but we really don't know that much about her for such an influential and important person. Right? It's just that the little details we do learn about her, they're enough and they're very telling. right? Like in that reading, uh, Luke chapter 1, we learn that Mary is from Nazareth which is pretty much in the middle of nowhere in Jesus' day. A small town of a few hundred people. Nothing special about it. Important people did not come from Nazareth. Influential people were not born there. But, but Mary was. Uh, Mary, we know, was a virgin. She was engaged to be married, but not married yet, which means that in, in her time, she was probably somewhere between early teens Maybe at the very latest, early 20s, although somewhere probably right in the middle of that. And as, as you might imagine, in Jesus' day, young, unwed girls like that, they didn't carry a lot of influence, right? They were not the movers and shakers of society. They weren't the ones garnering a lot of uh, attention. And yet, here's Mary, right? Just a normal girl from the middle of nowhere. And, and an angel shows up on her doorstep one day saying this, Greetings. You who are highly favored. Right? Somehow, Mary has found favor with God. And, and she can hardly believe it. Right? Uh, the way that my translation puts it was, Mary was greatly troubled by this. Uh, I think another way to, to put that, another way it could be translated is, she was perplexed. She was confused. Uh, maybe the best way to say it was, her head was spinning. Right? She's, she's thinking to herself, how did I get God's favor? How did, how did I, I, I gain his friendship? What did I do, right? She's thinking to herself, I never even put my hat, uh, uh, I never put, even put my name in the hat. I never saw this coming. People like me don't find favor with God. She hadn't worked her way through that complex matrix or, 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 or maze of, of religious expectations. And yet here she was, having earned God's favor. She was surprised. She could barely believe it. I think uh, the, the closest maybe we can get to understanding how she felt is, uh, is in a news story that plays itself out over and over every Christmas. Every Christmas time, I hear this story. It's a story of uh, an anonymous donor who walks into some big box store like a Walmart and pays off everyone's layaway, right? All of that debt that people have put down is just completely gone, completely forgiven by someone else. And... Uh, I just heard about this this past week. I think it was in Tennessee at a Walmart. Someone came in and paid $70,000 worth. The entire store is layaway. And uh, the people who were the, the beneficiaries of this did not see this coming. They had not put their names in the hat. They had not bought a ticket, hoping, praying, thinking at all that this would ever happen for them. They fully expected to have to pay this debt. And now all of a sudden... It was a gone. And, and usually in these news stories, right, they interview the people afterwards, and you can just see the surprise and shock on their face. Their heads are spinning too. And I think that's beginning to get at what Mary was feeling, right? Uh, she did not check all of the boxes of someone who would earn God's favor, right? She wasn't a priest. Uh, she maybe wasn't from the right background. She was born in the middle of nowhere, and yet here she was in favor with God. Now, we should probably talk about what that means, shouldn't we? What does it mean to have God's favor? 
well, the way that we usually the word, use the word between each other, right? If, if, if I were to say that I have found favor with you, I, I probably mean that you have accepted me, right? That you have welcomed me in as a part of your group. Uh, it, it might mean that you treat me as different or special, uh, distinct from everyone else. And I think all of that could be said of God too. But there are three things, uh, three implications for Mary. Three things that his favor, God's favor, meant for her. And, and they were this. First, it meant that God was with her. She had received God's favor. God was with her, right? That's what the angel said right away. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. To be favored by God is to be with him in his presence. The next thing it meant is that God was for her. Uh, she learned that, that she was going to give birth to the Son of God. And that, that child in her was going to be the Savior, not, not just of the world, I mean, of the world, but her as a part of that world, right? God was coming for her to save her from her sins and to bring her new life. And, and the last thing it meant, to be favored by God, it meant that God was with her, God was for her, but it also meant that God wanted to work through her, right? The Holy Spirit will come upon you in verse 35, and the power of the Most High will, will overshadow you. She was going to be the mother of the Savior, God with her. God for her, God working through her. That's what it meant to be favored by God. It must be an amazing feeling, right? And, and yet we should know. If anyone should know, it should be us because we too are favored by God. Like Mary, though, not because we have successfully navigated this matrix, this maze of, of religi religious expectations, not because we use the right religious vocabulary, not because we've checked the right religious boxes, not just because we show up in church on Sunday, right? No, we have found God's favor as a gift, a gift that is ours in Jesus, the gift of Christmas. Right on Christmas, don't we learn that God is with us? Emmanuel is born in the manger. God entered into our world, and he's never really left. On, on Christmas, we, we begin to see that God is for us because that baby born in the manger was, was, was born to grow up, to live a perfect life, and to die on the cross and rise from the tomb all for us so that we would be forgiven and set free and find life everlasting. And, and we know that that baby born in the manger who would grow up to live and die and rise would send his spirit upon us so that, so that he would work through us. We are favored by God. God is with us. He is for us. He's working through us. How amazing it is to have received his favor. Not because we've, we've done it all, but simply as a gift. Uh, having received God's favor, I think this has two profound implications on our lives. It changes us. And, and the first way is, is that favored people are faith people. What I mean by that is that the people like us who have received God's favor, who have received the gift of, of Jesus, we live lives of faith now. I mean, how could we not? Having received the gift of Jesus, knowing that he is with us and for us and that he wants to work through us, right? We can trust now anything he says. We can believe that, that even his wildest, craziest promises are going to come true. Because of what he's already done. He already came and showed us favor by getting into that manger and, and then dying on the cross and rising from the tomb. And, and so we can live lives of faith, placing our, our entire lives into his hands, entrusting ourselves into his care. I mean, that was true of Mary, right? We heard these words, Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. She believed. She had faith. She trusted. Because God had shown her favor. 
and that amazing, undeserved gift that was just poured out upon her, that grace enabled her, enlivened her to live a life of faith. She trusted in what God said because he had proved his faithfulness to her and showing her favor. So favored people are faith people. But you know, favored people are also faithful people. What I mean by that is that people who have received God's favor, that amazing, undeserved gift, are, are people who respond with faithfulness to the Lord, right? People who, who find ways to, to share love and sacrifice. Uh, they're people who, who serve others rather than themselves. Right? That was true of Mary, right? Uh, in verse 38, she said this. She made this amazing declaration. She said, I am the Lord's servant. See, our world today, the societal expectations that have been placed on us is, is that we would work our way to the top. Right? We're told that we, we, we need to fight to be number one. That life, as, as Dale Carnegie suggests, is about gaining influence. And the vocabulary of our, our day, right, follows, likes, retweets. But it's different with God. To those who have received God's favor, we don't fight our way to the top. We race to the bottom. We don't seek to make ourselves number one. We seek to become last. Uh, we don't try to be the, the boss, the master, the Lord of all, right? Like Mary, we see ourselves as the servant of the Lord. We know that it's our calling to, to go out and share his kindness, his grace, his compassion, his love with everyone that we meet. I am the Lord's servant, Mary said. Uh, this week, after reflecting on this passage, I am committing myself to ending my prayers in the same way. Each time I pray, I'm going to try to say and close that prayer, I am the Lord's servant. Because I know that that's a, a, a reminder that I need. I need to remind myself that that's what I'm here for, to be a servant of the Lord. As Christ has served me, I am called to serve him and others. I invite you to join me in that. And that spiritual practice, closing our prayers, I am the Lord's servant. Whether you do that or not, I hope and I pray that you would know that you are favored. Not because you've checked all the boxes. Uh, not because you've found your way through the complex matrix, that maze of religious or societal expectations. But you are favored as a gift from God. And that gift has a name. His name is Jesus, the one who is with you, the one who is for you, and the one who works through you. In his name.